fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. Listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Oh, Leonora's here. It's Hi. Friday. It's Friday. Good morning, Scott. <laughs> uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's that song? It's an uh, old song. It's an old song. It was. Uh, it was in uh, singing. Singing in the rain. Yeah. Well, we. Debbie we, Reynolds sang that. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so uh, we had uh, whistleblowers on yes. the Capitol Hill yesterday. Yeah, yes, big deal. And I think that was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it actually should be a bigger deal than than uh, than than it gets credit for because the media is not covering it. Mm-hmm. The media is not covering the Dur- <laughs> the, Dur- uh, the the Durham report. They're not covering that. And uh, what do you make of this whole? media not wanting to cover or or they're actually giving cover to the FBI. Uh, You know, I think this is once again some attempt to misguided attempt to try to protect Biden, to try to protect the left. You know, we now have actual evidence that this Russian collusion delusion it was actually a collusion delusion, and the left is ignoring it. That I mean, was, we um, we we. I mean, we uh, have a few people who uh, who uh, from the left who have spoken up, a few, very few, but most people are just ignoring it, putting their head in the sand, choosing to focus on something else because they kind of felt, as we keep saying, that Trump was a distraction. Let's get away from Hillary's emails. Let's get away from all the negativity, uh, all the all the smoking guns on the other side. Let's try to find one with Trump. And they keep trying and they keep trying. And Kellyanne, it seems and it seems like nothing sticks. Kellyanne Conway uh, came up with that. A rush, collusion, delusion, yeah. Yeah, that was hers. And um, I will say this in a nutshell. When you take a look back at the whole thing, what it is, is they saw Trump as a bigger threat to their existence than any corruption could ever be. So I think that, you know, the whole thing about Trump derangement syndrome is is very real. Mm-hmm. And it's very real and it's very uh, in your face. Yeah. But 
I don't think people take a step back and, and look at it for what it is and, yeah. and crystallize it and simplify it. Yeah. It's very simple and it's very crystallized. And that is that there's a lot of elitists that for one reason or another um, just don't appreciate his style, right? And uh, I remember a good friend of mine uh, a bit of an elitist, you know, an Ivy League uh, type of person, and uh, and there was a uh, a guy that I thought was really smart and uh, Eric Bowling, mm-hmm. Eric Bowling, it was a year many years ago, and he had this like big big ass watch, you know, like he had all this stuff going on, like he was flashy, he was Wall Street, mm-hmm. you know, but he was also very very smart. Yeah. And and then here was this Ivy Ligger. And I said, I want you to listen to this guy, what he had to say. I saved the clip. And Eric Bowling. And uh, he had something really, really brilliant to say, right? But it was because of his watch and because of his lapel and because of his tie and because mm-hmm. of his cufflinks yeah. uh, that she didn't uh, want to appreciate him for yeah. what, he, what, what he was right. bringing to right. the table. Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you that this Ivy League thing is it's all about style and format. It's it's all about the way you look and, and, and these things because they don't like a brash guy from Queens. Right. You know, like a Donald Trump to uh, with the red, flashy red tie and and the, the and the branding that's going on. He's he's basically sticking branding in your face. Mm-hmm. And and so they don't like the delivery. And if they don't like the delivery, because they're really not about substance, mm-hmm. um, they don't like the delivery and they don't like Donald Trump. Yeah. Because Donald Trump just crystallizes it. Right. He says, I could end ISIS in two months or two weeks, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, that was huge because ISIS was a, was, was a ruse. We were funding ISIS. ISIS was a tool for us. And we were paying ISIS to act as a mercenary group to manage the oil pipelines going out of Iraq when we took over Baghdad. I mean, it's like, oh, did we just say that out loud? Oh, did we? Did we? Yeah, we just did, right? And 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 the reason why we actually had that first speech with um, uh, Obama in Cairo, apologizing for America and overthrowing Mubarak and overthrowing Gaddafi and murdering him, um, was because we wanted to uh, run oil that oil into Africa, and they were roadblocks. Just get kill them, just kill them. Just like the Clinton Arkansas. Just if they're gonna speak, kill them. Just murder them. And you know, frankly, that's what's happening these days. Is Hollywood is getting exposed? J.P. Morgan is getting exposed for their connections with Jeffrey Epstein. There is a lot of stuff that's coming out, and. I don't even know where the, to turn anymore. Like this show, when we are talking about stuff, it's like, what should I cover? Because there's like 10 things that are super important.
that are covering. I I don't think we've ever lived in a time where there's been so much corruption. Mm-hmm. Like you take a look at Watergate. Wow, that was a once in a generation thing. And now we're dealing with Watergates like every other day. And you ask yourself, where would you rather live in life in this world? I'd rather be in the 80s right now. I would rather disconnect and be in the 80s. And that is a new movement, by the way. People more and more are saying, you know what? I signed up for all this digital. I signed up for Facebook and I signed up for Twitter and I signed up for this and then I signed up for that. TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and and all this stuff and these games, consoles and and all this stuff. And I realized, you know what? It's like an, a drug addiction. It's like uh, too much alcohol, too much, too much heroin, too much whatever. Mm-hmm. At some point, you, you got to just say, you know, I've had enough. Yeah. I want to quit now. I want to quit. I want to get off the grid and I want to quit. I want to go camping with my wife. Mm-hmm. Do you like camping? Not really. I prefer hotels. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love camping. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but but we could go out. It. But we could it. go out in nature while staying at the hotel. <laughs> no, but I do. I, I love camping. I have all the camping equipment. I have all the little... Uh, everything's miniature. You know, like everything is like tight. And uh, I pride myself in camping. But uh, being a good camper. Um, but... Uh, no, I want to get off the grid, man. I'm so sick and tired of this grid that we're on. And I think it's just been like it like it's a, sort of like a decay of society, right? And uh Well, it's definitely like a decay of society. I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not just about giving up your rights and you know, your fourth the fourth amendment is just shot. I had one of the greatest conversations of all uh uh with a Lyft driver. Um, going in, I was I was at the Capitol Hill Club last night, um, but I was going over there, and it was a private event, and uh, I had one of the most amazing conversations I ever had with with this this black dude that was driving my Lyft driver. He was so smart. What was this that guy's about? Name Sam. Uh, it was just about that about the grid. It was about everything we just talked about just then. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's probably why I'm talking about it right now because <laughs> it's, it's been on my brain. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we don't really script too much here uh, on the show. Um, we just sort of uh, fly loose and talk about what's on our minds. Mm-hmm. And what's on our minds is generally we like, like to keep it tight enough to uh, be on target with what's going on in the, in the moment. But we also can be uh, have a little serendipity. Yeah. And it's your turn to talk. It's my turn to talk. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, we're right now, um, w- what's going on in society is, is just kind of frightening. I mean, we have, we have artificial intelligence where the people who are the experts have already told us that this is dangerous you know that we that we need to be able to monitor it we we also you know we have a political situation where (laughs) the country is very divided we have a president who 
is mentally incompetent. We have a group of society that is vehemently opposed to the former president. Well, at the same time, we have another group that adores him. We, you know, we have an economy which on the surface may appear like it's fine, but there are a lot of things behind the scenes that are showing that it is in some form of a free fall. And there is a lot going on right now. And we have culture wars. And and speaking of culture wars, I I did write a piece about the uh, coming of age book. uh, Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, for uh, which appeared on American Spectator last week. And my comment was very positive. I said it was. Talk about that at the end. Well, I brought it up because you asked me what was going on, so I figured I'd insert it now. So basically, uh, so is this our literary corner segment? This is the literary corner. It's it's we're being we're having serendipity today. So it's the literary corner. So basically, the premise of the um, article was that uh, I thought the film, uh, based on the book that came out in 1970, the coming of age book. What was not woke? They didn't uh, set it in the present. They didn't have woke characters, etc. And so I, so I encourage people to check it and out. You watched that with your sister, my sister, and my adult but niece, who both read the yeah, book. And they're all you're all girls, yeah, right? Pronouns are well, and that's why it's relevant. She and, he, she and her, yeah, we're all she's and hers, and. Okay. Uh, so why didn't I? Why wasn't I invited? Well, you well the reason why you weren't invited was you hadn't read the book. And but I, you didn't think I would like it. I didn't think you would like it, but then after why? I saw it, I, because I don't think you'd have the same connection to the yeah. book. But but after I saw it, I said, you know, if it comes on, you know, one of our streaming services, I think you would like it. But the but the but the reason why I also brought it up was even though I said it wasn't woke, a couple people wrote to me, and you know who is in the news a lot, Dylan Mulvaney, and said, well, Dylan Mulvaney was at the premiere, or Dylan Mulvaney interviewed Judy Bloom. I said that doesn't negate my saying the movie wasn't woke. I actually, you know, um, for a moment, for a split second, I had a little bit of compassion for Dylan Mulvaney because, you know, I know the dude is mentally crazy. Exactly. And nuts. Yeah. And, uh, and and the thing is, is I was, wat- I, I was watching a bunch of stuff uh, with regard to Miller Lite. Uh, it turns out Miller Lite also went woke and, you know, did some things with commercials and and it's like, okay, this is just so stupid. And then I saw this one ad, and uh, it was uh, a $15 rebate for an $18.24 pack of Bud Light. So you can get a 24-pack of Bud Light for $3.84 or something like that yeah. at Costco or somewhere. And I thought to myself, if I was Dylan Mulvaney, and I was already, you know, I'm young, I'm dumb, because I remember when I was young and dumb. I was a pretty young and dumb guy, right? Like, I did some stupid stuff, right? I was not the sharpest tool in the shed uh, when I was young. And, you know, and then, and then I had flashing moments of being smart, right? But there, there were other times when I wasn't so smart. And, uh, and, and the thing is, is that this person gets caught up in the moment and gets exploited by these corporate, uh, yeah. corporate monsters. Yeah. And what does that do for your self-esteem that you ruined Anheuser-Busch? Right. Because of your, you know, agenda. Yeah. And, and it's got to be that it's, 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 it's like the worst rebuke you could ever have. Um, I mean, if there's a suicide at the end of this, and I don't wish this on anybody... But if there's a suicide at the end of this, we're all going to learn a lesson about this. 
because we're playing with people's lives here. We, and, we are. And I wish they wouldn't do it to begin with um, because this is all a bunch of woke BS. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows what's going on. This is indoctrination. This is a bunch of BS. And some, you know, we got to, I mean, I'm upset that the liberals have, have pushed this stuff out the way they did. Yeah. But somebody at the end of the day is going to get hurt. They are. And, and that, and that's the thing. So, so that's why I brought it up. So when you were asking me what I was thinking of things that our cultural decline is, uh, evidence of what's going on and that's why i in injected my commentary about my review earlier on yeah. in the show but i mean the the, the whole dilemma of anything i mean could you imagine looking at yourself in the mirror and realizing people hate me so much that they're gonna um i mean this is a person that that is like all about vanity uh, everything is about looks with this person right I mean, isn't, isn't that what it's really about? Well, it's also about personal affirmation. And to your point, I can almost feel sorry for him, too, because this is a very confused person who suddenly became a media influencer. And, and while I may not agree with a single thing he says not, or represents, not one, thing. Yeah, not not one, one thing, thing, I also don't think he should, also, he should be victimized because a company made a marketing decision to use him, and it was a bad decision. It's not his and fault. And blowing up he, now. He, Everybody hates him. He was just the actor. Everybody hates so, him now. So he, I got to say, I never thought I would say this, but I don't blame him at all. He was a, he he was was a pawn. He was a pawn in this situation. And if he has to internalize this and feel bad about himself... I don't think that's right either. We're all just, you know, part of a mechanism and sometimes we get drawn into things and we're the and you know and we become the collateral damage. Well, yeah, and you can make that argument uh with Black Lives Matter. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people that I would say are victims yeah. of this Black Lives Matter. Um I'm Native American Indian and when they uh bring um opportun- uh, and I put it in quotes, opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of uh, uh, um, casinos, yeah. It's like nobody, n- none of the right people are getting any benefits to the casino. Yeah, you know, it's always yeah, the it's, wrong. It's people always the getting, wrong people. Yeah, it never trickles down. I've never seen um, a positive. You know, as a Native American Indian, I've never seen a positive from a casino operation that went up in the name of helping the natives, mm-hmm. yeah, Native American Indians, you know. It's just, you know, and then uh, the whole thing, you know, we we get together for Easter or, you know, any holiday, and everybody talks about the Washington Commanders now yeah. instead of the Redskins, and I'm like, yeah. <clears throat> everybody, because uh, almost everybody in our family is liberal, and, um, and we say... I, I, oh, the only thing I say in my first reaction to the whole thing, it blows everybody up because I'm the I'm the I'm the token Native American Indian in the whole uh, uh, gambit, and I say, well, that really, really uh, cost us about twenty billion dollars in market value. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I can say because when they cut all these Native American Indians off the helmets and the jerseys and the uh, and all these other places, uh, you know, it hurts us financially because we're already being erased because of all the interracial relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So 
so we're we're being you know we're a smaller number than we were and uh the bloodline is watered down okay that's all fine and good and that's that happens over time um but the heritage uh is what we are struggling to keep alive right and we have annual powwows and stuff like that i mean You've been to one of yeah, I did. I, right? I did. It was really interesting, and mm-hmm. I also saw the um, graves of your ancestors. Yeah. But what I would say yeah, but, 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 is, even point. a negative, even a stereotype, is still better than nothing. Yes. Yeah. So it's billions of dollars. You know, the Washington Redskins and and the Cleveland Indians and the uh, you know like all of it, the the um, Kansas City uh, Chiefs, uh, whatever it is, you know the. Golden State Warriors, I mean, you know, they're all over the place. The Atlanta Braves, that represents a lot of money in market value. A market value. Yeah. You know, all the dollars that go into buying the jerseys and the uh, emblem on the 50-yard line and and whether it's the Florida State Seminoles, you know, bringing the guy out with the stallion, putting a spear into the uh, 50-yard line, you know, like uh, it's all great. In all of my life, and I've, I've been surrounded by Native American Indians my whole life, I've never once had, you know, in fact, the, the guy that was crying in that commercial. Yes, about with the, the tear. He uh, wasn't about, even Indian, was he? No, he was, he was Italian. Italian. <laughs> I know. I think this is like ridiculous. I mean, the one thing that everybody associates with Native Americans, yeah. he yeah. was an Italian. They I, couldn't even have a real Native I never American. Met a crying Indian over the uh, Chiefs. Uh, you know, like, uh, it hurts my feelings. No, that was, um, who was that guy from Nevada? Uh, Oh, I know who you mean. Senator. I, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, the senator. He's dead now. Um, but uh, in any case, he's the one that went nuclear. And he's yeah. so the senator uh, was the. it was always a liberal thing. And they wanted to care about my feelings. Mm-hmm. And they never bothered to like right. ask me. Right. Like, am I are my feelings hurt? No, no. I really appreciate the billions of dollars in market value that the these big corporations are spending uh keeping the native american indian heritage alive that's what i think oh that's not the answer we were expecting we were expecting you to be a victim and somehow you should be crying right now that someone's waving a tomahawk and offending you that's sort of what they've told us right and uh we're going to just dismantle all of it that's called Censorship, that's called erasing you from history. That's what, um, you know, cancel culture is all about. And it's just done in a reverse way. They act like you're, they're helping you and they're hurting you. How do you square that? And why do people put up with that in in general? Can you tell me that? I I don't know. Why are people being played like that? Because I think people sometimes don't know any better. You know, and they and they accept what's being said to them and they, they, they don't realize that they deserve better and that they don't have to accept the status quo. I think that's part of what it is. All right. So Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene um, announced that she is filing articles of impeachment for Joe Biden, Matthew Graves, Christopher Ray, Merrick Garland, Mayorkas. And let the good times roll. Let's, <laughs> let's see. Let's see what we... So we're going to go ahead and play a clip 
from Marjorie Taylor Greene. All right. The Constitution was written by men who believed in a God-fearing nation, provides the ultimate guide on how to govern a civil society. Every word was carefully chosen to give each branch of, branch of government the power to check and temper the other. These men knew that with unchecked power, any branch of government could lose sight of the job they were hired to do and become beholden solely to the power they wield. This is what has happened in America today. Power corrupts. The Biden administration is proof of it. From the top down, virtually every person involved in this disturbing America last executive branch has weaponized their office to target their political opponents. It's unprecedented, and it's not the American way. This week, I've solemnly and soberly chosen to use the powers that the founders provided and issue a check against what the Biden administration thinks are unfettered powers. It's something I don't take lightly. On Tuesday, I submitted articles of impeachment against the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Matthew Graves. Mr. Graves is derelict in his duty as the Chief Prosecutor for Washington, D.C. He is in a unique position of the top law enforcement officer for both federal and local crimes. But he's refusing to do his job. Under his watch, 67% of arrests have gone unprosecuted. Many of these are violent crimes where the victims are left wondering, where has justice gone? It's no wonder that he is ignoring these acts that destroy the lives of residents of our nation's capital because he is solely focused on a three- and, and, and she gets into a whole bunch of others, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the thing about the impeachment that's uh, quite interesting is that it includes discovery. Mm -hmm. And the discovery, now this clip is a little long. It's about 10 minutes, and I'm not going to play all 10. Um, but what, she, what she's getting into, if they can get into doing this uh, impeachment, they can get to the bottom of what is up with Mayorkas and mm -hmm. Christopher Wray. The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security is completely corrupt and has been weaponized. And thankfully, we have now a new uh, division in Congress called the Weaponization of, yeah. of Government. Um, we have a caller that uh, called in. Uh, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Hey, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. How can I? Well, I sure hope something gets done with uh, these impeachment processes. But wouldn't the most simple process of all would be to immediately defund these agencies and take away their power by defunding them. And then the Republicans uh, will be blamed for defunding the police when they Who defund cares? the FBI. Who cares if we're blamed? <laughs> I mean, the best thing, President Trump shut the government down. That was the best time I've ever seen in my life. What do you do in the private sector when you have employees that don't produce? They cost you money. What do you do with them? You fire. You fire them. Yeah. You get rid of them. You have to. That's yeah. the only way you can stay afloat. You have to look out for the interests of the corporation. So, I mean, FBI should be defunded immediately. They should. They, they, 
that's how these, you know, I, I watch these newscasts, like, you know, and I got to say, I, I watched it like Hannity. It's, it's like a broken record. It's over and over and over what these people are doing. We already know what these people are doing. The problem is, why are we not holding the people that are supposed to be holding these guys accountable? Accountable. Can I ask you a question? You know, like, why does Hannity? Sure. Why does Hannity wear a CIA pin? I I don't know. I didn't know he does. He does. I, I, I all I know is he has Marco Rubio on. Praises yeah. Marco Rubio as this great conservative. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, that's not what I see. I see him as just a um, another Mitt Romney. That's that's kind of where I see these Mark rhinos. Ruby, Marco and Rubio. These people need yeah. to be, I yeah, do too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we had the greatest country in the, under my lifetime under Donald Trump running this country. Um, it was running the smooth. It was efficient. It was producing. We were making good trade deals with foreign countries. We were producing our own energy. The cost of energy was down. Everybody was working. And this guy single-handedly came in. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say single-handedly. There's a lot of people behind this, but it's, it's just slowly dismantling Let our nation. Let me ask nation. you something. Uh, have you called into this show before, or are you a new caller? I sure have. You bet. Okay. You where, bet. Are you, where are you calling from? What's your name? Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. And, uh, I mean, it, it, these people... States right now, I mean, I've never seen the federal government more... Un, you know, it, it's like we shouldn't even have it at the at the, the way it's moving along and what what it's producing for us. I mean, there's so many artists, there's so many things in the the Constitution and the state's Constitution that none of these federal agencies are taking, like the border, for instance, the Texas governor, all the big problems that we're having at the border. The Texas governor Abbott should have done Article One, Section Ten, a year ago. Uh-huh. when the fentanyl started coming in. And that's another the U.S. Constitution where a state has the right to declare war under eminent danger when they're being invaded. They should have had military guys on the border pointing guns right at Mexico. When you've got Border Patrol agents being shot by the drug cartel, mm-hmm. do you think you're under an invasion right there? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you something. You're from Utah. Um, Mitt Romney, when's, when is his term up? Do you know? It's coming up. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I never voted for Mitt Romney. Um, Mitt Romney, you know, is um, he's just not what I want to see as a conservative person. And, well, and, you know, I mean, when he's marching with Black Lives Matter, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of we have a little problem here with the Utah Debate Committee. Uh-huh. We've had some pretty good candidates, even third party candidates, want to debate these people. And for some reason, they are uh, stifled, not allowed to debate. They're, they're, which is really a shame because what that does, it takes away the right of, from the people to choose to make educated decisions. Right. So that, that uh, it's coming up pretty soon. I mean, I don't think he's going to. I'm, I'm not even sure if he's running because he knows he's been quiet. You notice all the rhinos have been quiet lately. Yeah. All the ones that are on the take. Yeah. Yeah, he and Kofor yeah, Black. Kofor Black was his right-hand man. And Kofor Black was 
uh, not only working with Blackwater mercenaries, but uh, was on the board of Hunt, uh, of of, of uh, Burisma, like uh, Hunter Biden was. Uh, they made a mint over in the early millennia uh, with the Afghan war and uh, the war in Afghanistan. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, Mitt Romney is knee deep in corruption. Uh, he is he was the chief investor in a lot of these arms deals going into Ukraine and and oh, energy. Yeah, um, he is a uh, he is a very very much a snake. And the globalists in general, like Paul Ryan, is still a friend of his. Paul Ryan is the chief spokesman for Tenio. People don't know this. That he Isn't has Paul been, Ryan on the board of directors for Fox News? Yeah, well, yeah, of course, everybody knows that. But they don't know the other corporations that they work with. That's what I'm saying. Is that, you know, Fox News is owned over 15% of the stakeholder in Fox News is BlackRock. And BlackRock, everybody knows, is in bed with Klaus Schwab. And the whole agenda is globalism. And this is what's going on. The, the reason why you don't have fair media is because the media is controlled by the money. And the money is controlled by the globalists. That's what's going on. That, that's, that's it. It's, it's not that well, complicated. Well, we, I think we've realized that already. I mean, I, I get that part. I mean, even the local news channels here, there's only a few you can really watch. Everything else is just... yeah. Totally agenda driven. You can yeah. see where in their language and their in what they broadcast, what they post, and but no, I mean we we've got a, these people that are supposed to be doing their job right now in Congress. We voted in the Republican Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's she's making the motions for these impeachments and getting these things going. I hope, but you know these guys are right. Like everyone's starting well, to catch on. I mean. They're, well, they're writing bills that are going to be immediately vetoed. Uh, the reason why I like the impeachment, though, is this, is not because I think that they're going to come to fruition. I'm not. I'm, I like the impeachment because of the discovery. It's a it's a mechanism to get information. It's a it's a mechanism for subpoena. It's a mechanism for testimony, and and that's what we want. We want some transparency. We paid for it. We should. We're entitled to it. Well, I mean, and, we you know, had it's the, it's been flipped up. The, the script has been flipped upside down, where the people are the ones that have no transparency. That they're completely transparent and have no privacy. It's the private sector that has no privacy. It's the public sector that has all the privacy. Now, you know, with with all this uh, classification. Um, that they're doing in government these days. You mean the government? The government has all. Yeah, the public privacy. sector. They're, they are the government is the public sector, and they're supposed to be transparent. You wouldn't be able to they're think They're the last thing that's transparent. Well, for the for the record, I I think they should be just immediately defunding these agencies until this is all squared away. They, right. they, these people need to be put on notice the that purse. their paychecks aren't coming. What? Power of the purse. The Congress needs to execute that. Yes. Yeah, they have they have the power right now, and you know I, I I am so discouraged paying taxes anymore, especially at the rate we're paying taxes at right now, with this this pretender in chief as the president. <laughs> I mean, I am so discouraged, and everybody is. Everybody I talk to is discouraged, and you know, 
the cost of living, the, the housing costs, the food, the fuel, we're all just like a truck stuck in the mud. And we've got nothing done in this nation in the last 10 years. Since yeah. Donald Trump has come down this escalator, we've wasted so much time. These people wasting all that time for this Russian collusion, they should be in shackles, eating grits behind some steel uh, gates and orange jumpsuits. You make yeah, they gotta be funny the grits, guys. They gotta be funny. They gotta... <laughs> I love grits. What's that? <laughs> I said you're making me hungry with the grits. <laughs> Eating it's grits out of is control. Not such a bad thing. It's, it's, it's too, too far gone right now, and they need to just shut yeah. down the money. No, I agree. We we can't afford this stuff anymore. We really I, can't. I agree. I agree. But look, thank you for calling in today. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. All right. Take care. Wow. Utah. He gets up early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <doesn't... laughs> really. Yeah. He must like listening to you. You know, I got to tell you, though, like, there's no way that Biden got 81 million votes. I know. Which brings me to election fraud. I mean, you know, the biggest issue in election fraud right now is the signature verification. Um, because everybody knows that they're bringing these people across the border and these people are coming across the border. And what's happening is. They're being converted into motor voter registrations. And these motor voter registrations are getting ballots mailed to them. That's the problem. That's the problem. So this situation is... See see what happens? Um, That is uh, because we didn't have it turned off. Caller, you're on the air. (laughs) Yeah, hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Can you hear us? Maybe they can't hear us. Try again. Um, caller? Hello? Yeah, hello, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, yeah, hi, this is Donna. Hi. Um, I... I I was supposed to call. I just wanted to talk to you about how I first found you. Uh, I was. I used to call you up and ask you where Paul Preston was, you and then you say, "This is a Scott Adams show." <laughs> and so and after that, I started. Well, I wanted. I might as well hear who's before Paul, and that's how I found your show. Ah. And I've been uh, a big listener of your show now this morning, uh, every morning also. Oh, great. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're, are you in okay. California? Yeah, I'm in California. And what? what, what yeah, I went to the new. I went to the uh, convention. It was a really nice convention. Well, what's on your of mind New California? Today? What's on your mind today? I love California, by the way. Uh, I, I, I gotta tell yeah. You, I, I visited Hollywood and I fell in love with it. But we were staying at the right. Roosevelt Hotel, and uh, it was an amazing experience. I, I loved it out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, reading uh, uh, that book that she's talking about. I'm going to try to get that book. Uh, what book? You know, oh, oh, no, is that? Yeah, it's a book that's for adolescent girls um, that came out in 1970, but they what, recently. What are, we are you there, God? It's me, oh, Margaret. Oh, is that? The yeah, one? Is that and, what you were talking about? 
Yeah, and then oh, it, be, it was yeah, made, it, and it was made into a movie this year. It's it's actually really good. I mean, it's again, it's a, a book for girl for younger girls, but it's still the movie was terrific, and people liked it because so many girls read it for the last fifty, you know, five decades. So thank you for. I'm I'm glad I encouraged uh-huh. you to read it and see the film. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah, all right. Bye bye. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm gonna um, turn the. Uh, thing off this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I appreciate those calls. I do too. Yeah. All right. We got Matt Gates. Uh Matt, <laughs> Matt Gates was uh doing a press hit last night. <laughs> and uh that's an inside joke. Uh the FBI has sown more evil than uh, they have rooted out. Let's let's take a listen to this. A media organization attained a copy of a document which whistleblowers subsequently authenticated to the committee that is styled the FBI's Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide on Militia Violent Extremists. Mr. Boyle, are you generally familiar with that guide? Yes. Was the Betsy Ross flag in the Terrorism Symbol Guide? It was. And And what about the Betsy Ross flag? make someone more likely to be a violent extremist. I wish there was a reasonable explanation for that question. There isn't. Florida Congressman Matt Gates was at that hearing. You saw him in that clip asking Garrett O'Boyle about who has been targeted by the FBI. And he's ha- he joins us now tonight. Congressman, great to have you with us on this program. You know, um, I would love to start with this, Congressman. You know, there's a many Americans, a great many Americans who have seen this and heard this and are, are beginning to become aware of the problems within the FBI. But then they go to the next question. And it's the question I have to start with with you. What can be done about it? When there will be when will there be any accountability? We don't throw people in jail in Congress. That's probably for good reason. We have to defang and defund the authorities that have been weaponized against the people. We have to get the FBI out of Washington, D.C. Much of what you heard today is that there are good FBI agents and analysts all around this country, and there is pressure that comes out of headquarters and out of the Washington field office to do things that are against the law and the Constitution. And then when people are brave enough to push back, They are crushed. We have seen how the FBI has targeted President Trump, how they've targeted anyone who believes in the Second Amendment or build the wall or, for goodness sake, the Betsy Ross flag. But now we see how they go after their own. And they're doing it to make an example of these people because they know that the corruption runs deep and they're deeply afraid that more people will come forward. So it's easier for them to torture Garrett O'Boyle, to leave his children without jackets in a cold winter, to leave Steve Friend without an ability to make an income. It's easier to do that than then to face the consequences of the corruption that they have allowed to seep into an agency that seems to have mm-hmm. sown more evil than they have rooted out. And Congressman, you tweeted today, uh, yet another example of that corruption is that you have a whistleblower out, out of the Boston field office who has brought to light, affirmed that there was FBI presence on January 6th, infiltration in the riot on January 6th. Um, with all of that in hand, and I heard you say this now, uh, we fully understand the limitations on the power of Congress. As you just said, you do not throw people in jail, but you do have the power of the purse. And you alluded to that a moment ago. You do have appropriations. Is that in the end, the avenue that Congress can pursue in attempting to reform the FBI and how you fund the FBI? Yeah, the lifeblood of the things that you are concerned about, it's the money. 
So we have to cut off the money, and we also have to make organizational changes. My colleague Dan Bishop of North Carolina has suggested breaking up the FBI so that their agents fall within the jurisdiction of the U.S. attorneys throughout the country. That way everything isn't centralized. We have a circumstance like in Boston where the Boston agents were saying, we're not going to go and round up people just because they happen to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, and for that they face consequences, and that's deeply unfair. All right, Congressman Matt Gates. So important hearing today. Yeah, that was a big deal uh, that yeah. they brought to light yesterday, which was that th- what they did with the J6 is they took each case and based on where they lived, put that case into the field house yeah. uh, the fi- uh, of that jurisdiction. Right, right. And instead of treating it as one case... Uh, they, and they did that because they were trying to uh, uh, create numbers that would represent uh, like white supremacist um, terror, uh, domestic terrorism. They were trying to, to push this agenda. Yeah. And they were trying to then say, we have 50 different field houses working on white supremacy and MAGA terrorists and that's that's how they were spinning it, and they did that on purpose. Yeah, they, they, I mean uh, it's unbelievable. These whistleblowers' lives were ruined, and to listen to it was just incredible. Yeah, well, and he articulated it so well. Yeah, and here's another uh, piece to point to... out the number of times where Trump was targeted in a way no other American would be. And in essence, the FBI has now become a disinformation and election interference enterprise here in our country. It's very damning for them. The Steele dossier was nonsense. The probable cause standard even to originate an investigation, not to continue, but even to an originate an investigation was never met. And you had a secret court that was lied to. But Chris, this report is an insufficient consequence for the malfeasance and corruption that we have seen here. There was an operation from beginning to end to fuse political opposition research from the DNC and the Clinton campaign with this intelligence process and criminal process. And it's a sad day in America, because if that had been a Republican operation, an operation to help a Republican candidate. This wouldn't have ended with a report. It would have ended with real significant indictments. The only indictment that Durham is able to cite here is the indictment of Kevin Kleinsmith. This was the FBI lawyer who changed evidence before a secret court. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the other things uh, that we were talking about today was Marjorie Taylor Greene calling for the impeachment of all these different people. She's asking for your help. So let's take a listen to this. I need help. I really need help from you all at home. And I really need you to join the impeachment team. And you can do that by going to impeachmentteam.com. You can be a citizen co-sponsor. Join the impeachment team, impeachmentteam.com, and you can help me move the conference. They need to hear your voice. What do you mean a co-sponsor? This is great. What do you mean a co-sponsor? They go there, they can sign up and become a co-sponsor? They can sign on to these articles of impeachment as a citizen. It's a petition. Sign your name on there, and then we will have more things for you to do. Call my colleagues. Call them. Don't yell at them. They don't need to be yelled at. Just inform them. Inform them. We support Marjorie Taylor Greene's articles of impeachment to end the weaponization of government. We're fed up with it. 
call in and say we support and here's a new one. I'm going to go to I'm going to Congress in just a few minutes because we've been called to vote. As soon as I finish voting, I will be dropping articles of impeachment on Secretary Mayorkas because our border is being invaded. It is being invaded with all types of people from countries all over the world. This is a true invasion, and we have to call it that. It's an invasion. I just want to get the scorecard right. We're going to get up here. Your first is the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Matthew Graves. Your Matthew second, Graves, Your yes. second is the FBI Director, Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray. Your third is the, the uh, Chairman, the Secretary of... Uh, Homeland Security. No, number three is the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland. Have you dropped Merrick Garland? Yes, Merrick Garland. And four is Mayorkas. Number four is Mayorkas. Four. So you've got Graves, Ray, Garland, and Mayorkas. That's a pretty full plate. It is, and I'm not finished, Steve. This is impeachment week, and I've got another one tomorrow, and I'll be announcing it at the press conference at 9 a.m. And you can go to impeachmentteam.com. Check that out. Impeachmentteam.com. I want to click on that for the first time ever. I've never. uh, And there she is, surrounded by a bunch of American flags. Oh, you know what, though? What's wrong? It redirects to Win Red. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of Win Red. Yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a money grubbing website. Yeah, um, ah, that's too bad. That's that's unfortunate. But I do like the whole uh, idea of um, uh, this impeachment thing because we can get testimony, we can get discovery, and we can get uh, documents that we otherwise would not be able to get. I think my audio is also very, very low right now. Um, go ahead, Leonor. Yeah, no, no. I think this is a very important thing that development that's happening. I think that we all should be paying attention to the Durham report. We should also be paying attention to the people that are ignoring the Durham report. And um, you know, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. While I may not agree with her on everything, I think she is right to bring these issues to the forefront. She's right to um, go after Biden, go after Mayorkas, go after um, Merrick Garland, because uh, the the audio is a little better now. They've be, you know because they they they're not carrying out their offices properly, and and they are in their own way um, committing some level of delegation of duty. Or um, some level of not doing their service properly, and I, and that's something that should that everybody should be aware of. Yeah, I think uh, you know, and I think it's good that she is bringing people uh, to the forefront of this of these issues, and that she has a megaphone and she's using it. Whether you know whether everybody agrees with her style or not, her substance is solid. Right. So we have Jim Jordan, uh, who is. Uh uh, the committee uh, chair for the whistleblowers and the weaponization hearing. Uh, let's take a listen to this. We've talked to over two dozen whistleblowers. People have come to us. We've interviewed several of those, and today three of them. Three of those brave whistleblowers and a lawyer who represents them will tell us their story. They will tell us what happened, what they saw, and then what happened to them because they were courageous enough to report it to Congress. And I just want to tell you guys, get ready. Get ready, because these guys are going to come after you. You know they are. 
Last hearing we had, last hearing we had, we had two journalists, Democrats, two Democrat journalists set right where you guys did. And these guys tried to get them to divulge their sources. Someone needs to tell them how the First Amendment works. And oh, while Mr. Taibbi, one of those award-winning journalists sitting right where you're sitting, was testifying, guess what else was happening? The IRS was knocking on his door. So get ready. But I know you're up to the task because you came forward in the first place. Thank you for your commitment to the Constitution, the First Amendment, the rule of law, and for your willingness to come forward and tell Congress what you've seen, what you've witnessed. Thank you for doing that, Mr. Yeah, and then here's Jeffrey, uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries uh, playing it down. Um, do you have a reaction to the Durham report? And uh, do you believe, are you concerned that this could cause a lack of trust in the FBI moving forward? Well, I haven't had the opportunity to closely review the Durham report, but as far as I can tell, um, this is another example, generally, of right-wing conservatives in terms of their reaction to it, uh, trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. And this is what the extreme MAGA Republicans on the Judiciary Committee and on the Oversight Committee have been doing throughout the year. Yeah. Um, well, ever- they're trying to actually now get rid of Schiff because Schiff has been yeah. uh, blasted. For, yeah, oh, for yeah, yeah. That, well, that's, you know. That's, He's under a lot of heat right now. Kevin McCarthy has spoken up against him. Yeah, I have a clip for that, actually. Um, that's what I wanted to play, actually. Um, <laughs> let's see if I can find it. Um, there was a lot of different things I, I had here. Oh, let's th- th- try this one. Authority in the House, and you would investigate the findings yeah, right of the Durham investigation. Now that the report has been released, what does accountability look like? Well, a number of things. We're asking Durham to come in and testify so we can look at it more. So it really raises the question about Adam Schiff. You remember when he told the American people he had proof? Remember when he told them he didn't know the whistleblower? And what he put America through and openly lied to us, and now it's proven in this as well, it raises a lot of questions about his, just his character, his standing inside of Congress, or whether he should be, even be in Congress. And he's, he, Adam Schiff is one of the Democrat uh, potential candidates. Right. That's, their, that, that's that, their strong bench. Yeah, and with Dianne Feinstein, he's going to run for her seat, yeah. right? So Adam Schiff is also wanting to be a senator. And so this is kind of important to expose this fraud yeah. for what he truly is. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Scott Adams Show. And um, be sure to check out org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. That's what we do every day here. We are pushing uh, an anti-globalist agenda um, because we support America first policies. That's what we do here. That's what we're all about. Uh, we do have our own agenda, and that is it. Um, and to support that, you go to magapack.org and make a donation, magapack.org. Uh, also, uh, use my pill- over at mypillow.com, use Red State. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Corvetta. See you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.